Chapter three of Elective Affinities. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Elective Affinities by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Chapter three. The captain came, having previously written a most sensible letter, which had entirely quieted Charlotte's apprehensions. So much clearness about himself, so just an understanding of his own position and the position of his friends promised everything which was best and happiest the conversation of the first few hours as is generally the case with friends who have not met for a long time was eager lively almost exhausting toward evening charlotte proposed a walk to the new grounds the captain was delighted with the spot and observed every beauty which had been first brought into sight and made enjoyable by the new walks he had a practised eye and at the same time one easily satisfied and although he knew very well what was really valuable, he never, as so many persons do, made people who were showing him things of their own uncomfortable, by requiring more than the circumstances admitted of, or by mentioning anything more perfect which he remembered having seen elsewhere. When they arrived at the summer-house, they found it dressed out for a holiday, only, indeed, with artificial flowers and evergreens, but with some pretty bunches of natural corn-ears among them, and other field and garden fruit, so as to do credit to the taste which had arranged them although my husband does not like in general to have his birthday or christening day kept charlotte said he will not object to-day to these few ornaments being expended on a treble festival treble cried edward yes indeed she replied our friend's arrival here we are bound to keep as a festival and have you never thought either of you that this is the day on which you were both christened are you not both named otto the two friends shook hands across the little table you bring back to my mind edward said this little link of our boyish affection as children we were both called so but when we came to be at school together it was the cause of much confusion and i readily made over to him all my right to the pretty laconic name wherein you were not altogether so very high-minded said the captain for i well remember that the name of edward had then begun to please you better from its attractive sound when spoken by certain pretty lips they were now sitting all three round the same table where charlotte had spoken so vehemently against their guests coming to them edward happy as he was did not wish to remind his wife of that time but he could not help saying there's good room here for one more person at this moment the notes of a bugle were heard across from the castle full of happy thoughts and feelings as her friends all were together the sound fell in among them with a strong force of answering harmony they listened silently each for the moment withdrawing into himself and feeling doubly happy in the fair circle of which he formed a part the pause was first broken by edward who started up and walked out in front of the summer-house our friend must not think he said to charlotte that this narrow little valley forms the whole of our domain and possessions let us take him up to the top of the hill where he can see further and breathe more freely for this once then answered charlotte we must climb up the old footpath which is not too easy by the next time i hope my walks and steps will have been carried right up and so among rocks and shrubs and bushes they made their way to the summit where they found themselves not on a level flat but on a sloping grassy terrace running along the ridge of the hill the village with the castle behind it was out of sight at the bottom of the valley sheets of water were seen spreading out right and left with wooded hills rising immediately from their opposite margin and at the end of the upper water a wall of sharp precipitous rocks directly overhanging it their huge forms reflected in its level surface in the hollow of the ravine where a considerable brook ran into the lake lay a mill half hidden among the trees a sweetly retired spot most beautifully surrounded and through the entire semicircle over which the view extended ran an endless variety of hills and valleys copse and forest the early green of which promised the near approach of a luxuriant clothing of foliage 
in many places particular groups of trees caught the eye and especially a cluster of plains and poplars directly at the spectator's feet close to the edge of the centre lake they were at their full growth and they stood there spreading out their boughs all around them in fresh and luxuriant strength to these edward called his friend's attention i myself planted them he cried when i was a boy they were small trees which i rescued when my father was laying out the new part of the great castle garden and in the middle of one summer had rooted them out this year you will no doubt see them show their gratitude in a fresh set of shoots they returned to the castle in high spirits and mutually pleased with each other to the guest was allotted an agreeable and roomy set of apartments in the right wing of the castle and here he rapidly got his books and papers and instruments in order to go on with his usual occupation but edward for the first few days gave him no rest he took him about everywhere now on foot now on horseback making him acquainted with the country and with the estate and he embraced the opportunity of imparting to him the wishes which he had been long entertaining of getting at some better acquaintance with it and learning to manage it more profitably the first thing we have to do said the captain is to make a magnetic survey of the property that is a pleasant and easy matter and if it does not admit of entire exactness it will be always useful and will do at any rate for an agreeable beginning it can be made too without any great staff of assistance and one can be sure of getting it completed if by and by you come to require anything more exact it would be easy then to find some plan to have it made the captain was exceedingly skilful at work of this kind he had brought with him whatever instruments he required and commenced immediately edward provided him with a number of foresters and peasants who with his instruction were able to render him all necessary assistance the weather was favourable the evenings and the early mornings were devoted to the designing and drawing and in a short time it was all filled in and coloured edward saw his possessions grow out like a new creation upon the paper and it seemed as if now for the first time he knew what they were as if they now first were properly his own thus there came occasion to speak of the park and of the ways of laying it out a far better disposition of things being made possible after a survey of this kind than could be arrived at by experimenting on nature on partial and accidental impressions we must make my wife understand this said edward we must do nothing of the kind replied the captain who did not like bringing his own notions in collision with those of others he had learned by experience that the motives and purposes by which men are influenced are far too various to be made to coalesce upon a single point even on the most solid representations we must not do it he cried she will be only confused with her as with all people who employ themselves on such matters merely as amateurs the important thing is rather that she shall do something than that something shall be done such persons feel their way with nature they have fancies for this plan or that they do not venture on removing obstacles they are not bold enough to make a sacrifice they do not know beforehand in what their work is to result they try an experiment it succeeds it fails they alter it they alter perhaps what they ought to leave alone and leave what they ought to alter and so at last there always remains but a patchwork which pleases and amuses but never satisfies acknowledge candidly said edward that you do not like this new work of hers the idea is excellent he replied if the execution were equal to it there would be no fault to find but she has tormented herself to find her way up that rock and she now torments every one if you must have it that she takes up after her you cannot walk together you cannot walk behind one another with any freedom every moment your step is interrupted one way or another there is no end to the mistakes which she has made would it have been easy to have done it otherwise asked edward perfectly replied the captain she had only to break away a corner of the rock which is now but an unsightly object made up as it is of little pieces and she would at once have a sweep for her walk and stone in abundance for the rough masonry work to widen it in the bad places and make it smooth 
but this I tell you in strictest confidence. Her it would only confuse and annoy. What is done must remain as it is. If any more money and labour is to be spent there, there is abundance to do above the summer-house on the hill, which we can settle our own way. If the two friends found in their occupation abundance of present employment, there was no lack either of entertaining reminiscences of early times, in which Charlotte took her part as well. They determined, moreover, that as soon as their immediate labours were finished, they would go to work upon the journal, and in this way too reproduce the past. For the rest, when Edward and Charlotte were alone, there were fewer matters of private interest between them than formerly. This was especially the case since the fault-finding about the grounds, which Edward thought so just, and which he felt to the quick. He held his tongue about what the captain had said for a long time, but at last when he saw his wife again preparing to go to work above the summer-house with her paths and steps, he could not contain himself any longer, but after a few circumlocutions came out with his new views. Charlotte was thoroughly disturbed. She was sensible enough to perceive at once that they were right, but there was a difficulty with what was already done, and what was made was made. She had liked it. Even what was wrong had become dear to her in its details. She fought against her convictions. She defended her little creations. She railed at men who were forever going to the broad and the great. They could not let a pastime, they could not let an amusement alone, she said, but they must go and make a work out of it, never thinking of the expense which their larger plans involved. She was provoked, annoyed, and angry. Her old plans she could not give up. The new she would not quite throw from her, but, divided as she was, for the present she put a stop to the work, and gave herself time to think the thing over, and let it ripen by itself. At the same time that she lost this source of active amusement, the others were more and more together over their own business. They took to occupying themselves, moreover, with the flower-garden and the hot-houses, and as they filled up the intervals with the ordinary gentlemen's amusements, hunting, riding, buying, selling, breaking horses, and such matters, she was every day left more and more to herself. She devoted herself more assiduously than ever to her correspondence on account of the captain, and yet she had many lonely hours, so that the information which she now received from the school became of more agreeable interest. To a long-drawn letter of the superior of the establishment, filled with the usual expressions of delight at her daughter's progress, a brief postscript was attached, with a second from the hand of a gentleman in employment there as an assistant, both of which we here communicate. Postscript of the Superior of Ottilie I can only repeat to your ladyship what I have already stated in my former letters. I do not know how to find fault with her, yet I cannot say that I am satisfied. She is always unassuming, always ready to oblige others, but it is not pleasing to see her so timid, so almost servile. Your ladyship lately sent her some money with several little matters for her wardrobe, the money she has never touched, the dresses lay unworn in their place. She keeps her things very nice and very clean, but this is all she seems to care about. Again, I cannot praise her excessive abstemiousness in eating and drinking. There is no extravagance at our table, but there is nothing that I like better than to see the children eat enough of good, wholesome food. What is carefully provided and set before them ought to be taken, and to this I never can succeed in bringing Ottilie. She is always making herself some occupation or other, always finding something which she must do, something which the servants have neglected, to escape the second course or the dessert. And now it has to be considered, which I cannot help connecting with all this, that she frequently suffers, I have lately learned, from pain in the left side of her head. It is only at times, but it is distressing, and may be of importance. So much upon this otherwise sweet and lovely girl. Second postscript by the assistant. Our excellent superior commonly permits me to read the letters in which she communicates her observations upon her pupils to their parents and friends. Such of them as are addressed to your ladyship I ever read with twofold attention and pleasure. We have to congratulate you, 
upon a daughter who unites in herself every brilliant quality with which people distinguish themselves in the world and i at least think you no less fortunate in having had bestowed upon you in your step-daughter a child who has been born for the good and happiness of others and assuredly also for her own ottilie is almost our only pupil about whom there is a difference of opinion between myself and our reverend superior i do not complain of the very natural desire in that good lady to see outward and definite fruits arising from her labours but there are also fruits which are not outward which are of the true germinal sort and which develop themselves sooner or later in a beautiful life and this i am certain is the case with your protege so long as she has been under my care i have watched her moving with an even step slowly steadily forward never back as with a child it is necessary to begin everything at the beginning so it is with her she can comprehend nothing which does not follow from what precedes it let a thing be as simple and easy as possible she can make nothing of it if it is not in a recognisable connection but find the intermediate links and make them clear to her and then nothing is too difficult for her progressing with such slow steps she remains behind her companions who with capacities of quite a different kind hurry on and on learn everything readily connected or unconnected recollect it with ease and apply it with correctness and again some of the lessons here are given by excellent but somewhat hasty and impatient teachers who pass from result to result cutting short the process by which they are arrived at and these are not of the slightest service to her she learns nothing from them there is a complaint of her handwriting they say she will not or cannot understand how to form her letters i have examined closely into this it is true she writes slowly stiffly if you like but the hand is neither timid nor without character the french language is not my department but i have taught her something of it in the step-by-step fashion and this she understands easily indeed it is singular that she knows a great deal and knows it well too and yet when she is asked a question it seems as if she knew nothing to conclude generally i should say she learns nothing like a person who is being educated but she learns like one who is to educate not like a pupil but like a future teacher your ladyship may think it strange that i as an educator and a teacher can find no higher praise to give to any one than by a comparison with myself i may leave it to your own good sense to your deep knowledge of the world and of mankind to make the best of my most inadequate but well-intended expressions you may satisfy yourself that you have much happiness to promise yourself from this child i commend myself to your ladyship and i beseech you to permit me to write to you again as soon as i see reason to believe that i have anything important or agreeable to communicate this letter gave charlotte great pleasure the contents of it coincided very closely with the notions which she had herself conceived of ottilie at the same time she could not help smiling at the excessive interest of the assistant which seemed greater than the insight into a pupil's excellence usually calls forth in her quiet unprejudiced way of looking at things this relation among others she was contented to permit to lie before her as a possibility she could value the interest of so sensible a man in ottilie having learned among the lessons of her life to see how highly true regard is to be prized in a world where indifference or dislike are the common natural residence End of chapter 3